श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय गौर दंड की जय गौर प्रेम आनंद एनी क्वेश्चन है There is uh, one story with Shri Dhar Maharaj and Bhaktisthan Saraswati. He talked to uh, one deities and he asked uh, Shri Dhar Maharaj went first and he put the last leaves on, on the feet of the deities and of course that the deities installed. So he kind of like make, made, he made a mistake. But then when one of you could bar- the brothers, he asked Bhaktisthan and then Bhaktisthan said that a uh, person who is silent, he... He doesn't uh, make any mistakes. So I was wondering, uh, can this be applied to to us as a sadhakas, like on like really lower stages, or, or can it be only? Is it only uh, when a person is like fully surrendered? Mm-hmm. I think the uh, the. History that you relate is um, to be um, explain that a little bit to others is the, involves the installation of deities, which was done throughout India under the uh, auspices of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and uh, the final in the, in the procedures, the pran pratishta, the establishment of the deity, the ritual, and so forth. There are various functions uh, for the acharya. It's like when we installed Krishna Balaram for the opening of the Krishna Balaram temple, it was Prabhupada arranged a very um, extended yagya hmm? and uh, and ritual. I don't know, it went for three, four days or a week even, with all kinds of Brahmins coming in and chanting different things, different times and so forth. And uh, and then every now and then Prabhupada would come out and say something, do something. They would call him. It would be the function of the Acharya who would come in in relation to the uh, to the, to the whole affair. Hmm. Um, and so, I happened to be there for that. It was quite an interesting ceremony. After it was all over, of course, Prabhupada said that just by our Namsan Kirtan, everything was, was in place, but the rest was all done for the sake of people that felt that more was required. So he was giving, giving kind of an essential type of um, explanation from the heart of the Acharya, the deity comes, manifests externally, and um, on his request he's present, and Prabhupada thought the ritual complete by Namsan Kirtan, but there are other procedures, and... Uh, and so forth, and then the general public needs to think that something's happening. The fire is going, smoke is happening, and and so on. Um, uh, similar with initiation, it's the it's the uh, imparting of the mantra, and uh, many other things can be added that uh, make it seem as important as it is. People may need other things to feel that it's important. At any rate, Bhaktisiddhanta installed many deities, and the last uh, um, participation or the the final um, act, which was to be performed by the Acharya, which was placing the Tulsi leaf on the lotus feet of the deity. 
And so Sridharmash was involved in one of these pran pratishtas and he made the mistake of not waiting for Bhakti Siddhanta and not realizing what's his function and he put the, the Tulsi leaf on but but uh, thinking that he had made an offense Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur said no it's you have the spirit is there and it's sincere and so you, you can make offense so obviously we see Sridharmash as an exalted person our, our guru and so forth so the question is well how does it apply to lower level to sadhakas and so forth um, and um, the basic spirit of that is um, there's a statement, famous statement, Baba Grahidana Ardana. Hmm. So the uh, it means that the that Janardana, uh, the name for Krishna, he accepts the spirit of the offering hmm. and the rituals, the details, they're all. Um, attendance to that. Hmm? But with the spirit, things could be accomplished um, despite some irregularity hmm, by circumstance um, in the procedures. Whereas if the procedures were formed perfectly but the spirit of it was absent, hmm, then uh, it, uh, it would not be complete. So there's, a, there's an emphasis on that side and with everyday um, dealings of the temple of sadhakas and so forth, then um, they will be, um, uh, I'll tell you another story, uh, it's similar. When the Krishna Balaram, I might have told this before, some of you may have heard it, but when the deities were installed, it was a big event in Prabhupada's life and in our lives. Um, that was where he had he had left Vrindavan to come to America and he had come back and this was a big victory for him to establish a, a temple there and a temple for Krishna Balaram where his own personal uh, deity was placed in the center altar with the, as we heard last night, the tallest spire on the temple over Krishna Balaram. This is the deity of Prabhupada's heart, as we know. And so um, it was a big event for him internally and externally and of course, external means spiritual as well, as there are esoteric and exoteric reasons for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent, and both of them are kind of off the map spiritually, very extraordinary. So it was an extraordinary event. Even the external aspects of establishing a temple in Vrindavan for um, where the, the, the Lord, going more internal, the Lord of his heart would be worshipped and by people from the West and so forth who were of questionable spirituality in the minds of uh, many people in in, in India and in Vrindavan in particular. Hmm? So it was a big event. Um, and well, I was very much participating in that event because we were selling books and the money from the book sales was going directly to build the temple there. So we were very much connected with it. And we, our group, our party, very much wanted to go to the opening. We were able to go. And in fact, Prabhupada had engraved on the ceiling that the that the temple was built by our party. I think it was called BBT TSKP or something like that. And Guru Kripa and Nandan Swami, who were separately collecting. So we were the main collectors for that uh, temple, and uh, and felt very much connected to Prabhupada's heart. 
this desire to establish that for preaching, for external reasons, and for his own internal reasons. And so when the, when the deities were established, um, you know, at the first Arti, of course, Prabhupada came out and offered the Arti to Krishna Balaram, this famous picture of Prabhupada fanning with the chamar and turning, and I was standing right there in front, yeah, right in the, right there, and there's a rail that goes around the altar like this, each altar, the three altars, I was right on the rail, and um, weeping and weeping and weeping, and um, and one of my god sisters, who was a famous photographer, she wanted me to get out of the way so she could get up, you know, and take the famous picture. And so she was tapping me on the shoulder. I said, this is Maharaj. No, I wasn't a sannyasa. I took a sannyasa like a few days later. I was Tripari. You know, I want to take a picture. You know, and I was just ignoring her. What, what briefly came to my mind was the, the circle around which uh, um, the, the, the encirclement of Mahaprabhu amongst his devotees who were watching him dance and and um, uh, the king's uh, attendant pulling on Sri Vastakur said, let the king come in and have a look and he just <laughs> slapped him you know, says, don't bother me <laughs> and, and, and so forth so uh, that was my kind of what flashed through my mind and this was such a big event. And then she said something, it's for the preaching, it's for the preaching, you know, the picture. And, and so I managed to like move enough that I stayed there and she came up and took the picture and it's a famous picture. So, um, big event. And then for a week thereafter, the, the temple was filled and there were art course every evening and Prabhupada had different dignitaries coming in to see him, politicians and well-to-do people and so forth, and he would come, and he would have darshan in his room and late in the afternoon, early evening, and then it would culminate, and he would take him into the temple and walk before the three altars and see the arctic going on, performed by his Western students, very pukka, very, very nicely done. And it was a very, it was a choreographed affair hmm, where there were three altars, and the one in the center, the Krishna Balaram temple, that pujari, would lead the other two pujaris. So everything was to be done in, like I say, choreographed, in order. So the head pujari at the Krishna Balaram altar would give a nod like this to Radhasham Sundar's altar, and then like this. And it was very subtle, so you're not supposed to, only they're supposed to see it. They had the Gornatai altar, and then we would bend down hmm, and light the incense, stand up together like this, and then start like this, so it's all like that, right? And then they had these big ghee lamps with ghee wicks that, you know, come up like this tall. They almost needed two hands to do it, but then we'd go and you'd light them all, you know, and then look, look, okay, stand up, step back. So this is the system, right? So, um, as I say, our party was very absorbed in the whole affair, hmm? and, and consciously, what it meant uh, to Prabhupada, what it, uh, externally, and some of us internally, what it meant to him as well, had some sensibility to that, and uh, and so we had this group. I had a group of about maybe thirteen devotees who are the book distributors on my party, hmm. and we were an independent 
party of book distributors who used to distribute at the airports. And I uh, would send one or two devotees to Philadelphia, one or two to San Francisco, one or two to Atlanta, a couple in Chicago, and I would just go between. And they would stay in the temples, and then they would teach the devotees in the temples how to sell books at the airports. And I would, let's say, go between temple and give class and go out and sell books and give class and go out and sell books and so forth. So we were, this is our, we were well known. We were the, and we used to submit the most money to Prabhupada's book fund every month. We did every month for the year of, for a couple of years until, as an aside, until Tamal Krishnamarsh decided to leave India and come to America and preach. He was a, he was the GBC in India. So it was an interesting story how it happened. But anyway, he was a very competitive type of a person. So he wanted to be the number one book distributor. And, um, and so when it came to February, the month before Gorpurnin, when we would go to Mayapur, Ramaswar Marj and I, we fudged the books and we made them all first. <laughs> we let... My party took second place. We were actually first, but we let him be first so he'd feel good about what he was doing and come back and continue to distribute books. You have to know him and all, but uh, he doesn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) So he triumphed into Mayapur with the leading book distribution party and Prabhupada was pleased with him. Prabhupada knew him pretty well and stood him pretty well. So, At any rate... um, this was the big event, 1975. It's the year I took sannyas, shortly after the installation of Krishna Balaram. So I told a couple of men in my party, Vaisheshika and Sura, they're, they're still well-known devotees in Iskand. They were brahmacharis at the time. Uh, they had joined my party, Vaisheshika, when he was like, maybe just turned 17. Hmm. So I trained him in book distribution. Sura was quite a uh, character, and he was a good book distributor too. So anyway, they... I suggested to them, and I would go up, and we would offer Artik one night to Krishna and Balaram, because I, the altar, I wanted them to get go up on the altar, have the experience, and so forth, because they had worked all year, plus to have to help make that happen, and so forth. And so they were a little nervous. I said, no, you're, you know, this is your service. You've, you served them nicely. You should go and offer Artik. So we went up, and I was in the center altar. Hmm? And so, you know, we got a little lesson how we're supposed to do it. And there we were, and and Prabhupada comes out, you know, with the dignitaries to see how the his white American devotees are very pukka brahmins and offering the artik and everything. Higher standards than you might find in you know, some Indian temples. And um, and so, in the middle of it, Vaisheshika fumbled the act. Hmm? And the whole thing, you know, went off course, you know, and it was not choreographed and it was... A, I mean, we, we, we got through it, we did it, but it wasn't, you know, a paka form and so forth. And Prabhupada's right there watching us, so it didn't help matters. <laughs> um, and so, anyway, we got through, it was, it was over, and the, the Pujaris complained a bit about us, and I said, well, anyway, we, you know, we, we gave our hearts to it, you know, it was Krishna Balaram will accept it, Prabhupada will accept it. And so, meanwhile, Prabhupada went back to his room, and then he, uh, he asked, I was told this by the GBC, he asked Jayatirtha, I think it was, who was that performing the Arctic? Because hmm. so he noticed that we had made mistakes and so forth. And so Jayatirtha said, that was Tripari Marsh and his men. And Prabhupada said, oh, well, then it's all right. 
So he knew, you know, who we were, what, you know, what we would, had done, how we had sacrificed for that and everything. And so, so though our hearts were in the right place, so there was some discrepancy hmm, in the technicality of it. And the Lord accept the offering. That's not an excuse for not being, wanting to know how to do it technically and trying to do it right and so forth. In fact, the trying to do it right and wanting to do it right shows the heart is in the right place. If in the context of that you make a mistake, then Krishna accepts the offering. One time we were, we used to sit in the Los Angeles temple, the Prabhupada named Nudwarka. Before there was a Guru Puja every day for Prabhupada, before that was ever organized, um, about 6.30 in the morning, after the Mangal Arctic, and we had chanted Japa for some time, those of us who were free and didn't have any other service, we'd go and sit in front of Prabhupada's Vyasasana, and we would again chant the Guru Vastakam. Hmm? And uh, um, Prabhupada's room was just behind the temple and upstairs at that time. The temple was in, was in a different um, building than it is now. And so we were we would chant and Bande Guru Bande Guru Shi Charanavindam. We were pronouncing the Bande Guru Bande Goro or something. You know, I I accept I offer my lotus, lotus my obeisance is the lotus feet of a cow. Hmm. Yeah. And Prabhupada was hearing it, you know. And so hmm. um but then he said um oh, he corrected us and accepted it. Hmm. Um, the spirit of it being, Sridhar once explained in a similar way, that you may pronounce wrong and Krishna will say, I think you meant this, right? Mm-hmm. If your heart is in the right place. I think you meant this. Then, and he will accept it. Hmm. So the spirit is there. And then, of course, if the heart is in the right place, when you're corrected with regard to the technicals, then you'll be thankful and, and uh, remorseful and want to do it right. Hmm. So, um, that way you kind of can't make a mistake. Hmm. Krishna makes an extreme statement in this regard in the Gita, when he gets very emotional in the ninth chapter, in the last part and uh, last few verses. And, of course, he says, He basically says, My devotees can do no, no wrong, even if they are sudarachar. Durachar means bad behavior. Sudarachar means very bad. Hmm? Even if they commit something very bad, they should be thought of as saintly because their heart is in the right place. That's a very heavy verse. <laughs> has lengthy commentaries uh, <laughs> to save us from using it as an excuse hmm, for bad behavior and so forth. Um Otaku gives a nice and very rasic explanation of that verse and the following verse. Hmm? Uh, the following verse says, Chipram bhavati dharmatma sasyat chantim nagachati konteya prajidanihi name bhakti pranashati That, that, Bhakti Vinotaka has explained, and that sudarachar, that misbehavior, bad behavior on the part of my devotees, if you, Arjun, glorify it, if you broadcast their their bad behavior, hmm, glorify it with a, with a, with a, with a megaphone hmm, loudly proclaiming, hmm, chipram 
Bhavati Dharmatma Sashvat Chantim Nagatati. My devotees will never perish. This is the bad things that they've done. I'm glorifying them. He says, You will become glorious. You will become dharmic. Chipram Bhavati Dharmatma. You will become Dharmatma. If you glorify the Sudarachar, the Adharma of my devotees who are properly situated. And this in reference to the Parakya Bhav, where there appears to be Sudarachar on the part of the gopis. They seem to be very badly behaved, going in the middle of the night, forgoing their family affairs, giving up their family duties, leaving their husbands to meet Krishna. This is Sudarachar from an ordinary dharmic point of view. But if you glorify that so-called bad behavior, you will become righteous and pious. You should boldly broadcast it everywhere. So I see there are many different commentaries on it. But the spirit of it is also that by chance some devotee may do something. Or Krishna may even arrange for a devotee to do something to humble them. There's a famous story in the Ramanuja Sambhadaya of a Brahmin who, um, what did he do? He, he, he somehow left, left the service of the deity. I, I can't tell, so I can't remember. But Krishna made him do something wrong. He would be known, he would be humbled, and then he would go the final distance. Just like if you're going through the forest, then you have to jump across a, a creek or something like that. You maybe have to step back and get some momentum and run and jump. Hmm? Bharat Maharaj's example is um, um, his fall. Hmm? His shobana karma means beautiful karma because it's arranged by Krishna hmm, himself that he would fall, so to speak, do what he did and take his next birth as he did, that he might be glorified and that others might be taught through him how to pay attention and so forth and the possibility of making offense or falling even in Bhava Bhakti. Hmm. Um, but um, Shobhana Karma indicates there's really no fault on Bharat's uh, marriages, but he had gone to the forest. It appeared that he became attached to a fawn that had... Uh, uh, whose mother had died and so forth. He took birth as a deer. Of course, his next birth, he remembered who he was. He stayed in the forest. Deers have very good hearing, so he could. He stayed near where the rishis were reciting the Bhagavatam. Hmm? So it's a very extraordinary birth, but it, it appears as a fall down to Krishna. arranged it as the teaching in order to make a point hmm, to us. Hmm? So... Many instances in which there may be some the back the background of misbehavior, Parashara's misbehavior, where he consorted with a fisherman's wife, but the result was the birth of Krishna Dwaipayana Vyas. So, very out of character for Parashara, but the result was very extraordinary. And of course, Vyas needed to be born <laughs> from an unholy circumstance to establish the point that it's not by birth, but by character. One's status in the Dharma Marg will be established in Varnashram. Hmm? Um, the essential character and qualities of a person. Good example for Vyasa himself. Huh?
not not you know, born of a fisherman's daughter, not wife, fisherman's daughter. Didn't get that bad. Um, in conjunction with Parashara. So, um, it's not an excuse for bad behavior. The commentaries won't always inform us like that. But the point being that the spirit, on any level of the bhakti, hmm, bhakti is really more a feeling than, and the higher you go in bhakti, the more you progress in ragmarg, the less the more it falls away, the details, the rituals. You get to the Brajlila and they worship in Krishna. There are no rituals whatsoever. Eat this, don't eat that. Hmm? Yeah. And Malisoda chastising him, his friends criticizing him, calling him bad names. Bad names. Very bad names. They call him. Hmm. That's right. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you would hear it, you know, very bad names, and all in, in joking, in, in intimacy, and so which you never know, take offense, but hmm, vulgar names sometimes, uh, for, for the, in the context of the the, uh, the culture, hmm. they would call him like, oh, you're my brother-in-law, which means, hmm, which means. I know your sister very well. It's not, it's not good. Names <laughs> like this. Yeah. It's the intimacy of Sakuras. So, this is far different than Om, Idam, Naivedyam, Krim, Ram, Krishna, Bhim, Namaha. This is a very different language. This is a ritualistic language, of course, and in the realm of ritual, which is kind of where the, where the eternity and time they meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you enter there with a certain language and certain procedural um, standards and movements and so forth, and 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 it's symbolic in that way. I mean, Krishna is fully present in the deity, but it's also symbolic of the leela. So when you enter the leela, the whole thing comes alive. The arctics are going on there, mm-hmm. um, but they go on in a different way. They're un- unseen. Mm-hmm. The gopis' hearts are be- like like the, like the lamp. The ghee lamp, hmm? pumping. And their eyes are moving around like this when he comes back from the forest. Watching it from head to toe. The Arctic is, is going on. When you study the Goswami Granthas, you see all this ritual. So it's all packed into the Leela, but it's all playing itself out. That's where you get the translations of the Hare Krishna mantra. The hmm? Jiva Goswami, Vishwanath Chakritapa, or others. These the translations are a little hard to relate to. They are actually Leela translations. It's like a conversation in the Leela. Hmm. The 16 names are there, and each of the names is being used to say something. Hmm. So, um, that what we do as, as sadhakas in the ritualistic life and the practitioner's life and so forth, it all manifests in the Leela. Hmm. It's all packed in. So the Vaidhi Bhakti is packed in there also, so to speak. Varnashram is there also. All the, how people interrelate socially, it's all very strict Varnashram. But this is all superficial. Their hearts, their love, fueling the whole thing. And, and it's difficult to detect. It's 
so I had to read the Goswamis, but difficult to detect. So people think, what, what kind of, what is this? What are they doing? This is Krishna? Hmm? Brahma thought, must be an imposter. When he flew in on his swan in the Brahma Vimohan Leela, he had met Krishna at the dawn of creation. Krishna with the Gyan Mudra blessing him. And now we hear this, 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 this Krishna, he's done this, so he comes in and he, he sees him. He's not with the Gyan Mudra. He's got a lump of yogurt and rice and fruit in his hand, left hand. Hmm. You're supposed to eat with your right hand, so okay. We'll go like this. You're supposed to eat with your right hand. That's the civilized, you know, idea, right? So, Vedic idea. So, he's, okay, so he takes the food in his left hand, hmm? And then he takes it from there and puts it. <laughs> this is, you know, not the idea. <laughs> so Brahma's seeing this. Not only is he taking food and putting it in his mouth, he's putting food in his friend's mouth, and his friends are taking food from their mouth. And hey, check this out, because hmm? it was a picnic lunch, and putting it in his mouth. And he's looking. This is Vidhi Brahma, you know, the personification of rules and and so forth. And there he's seeing Krishna, but it's, it looks like him, but he's not there in Gyan Mudra and giving the Chatu Shlok of the Bhagavatam, hmm? and instructing him like the guru and so forth. So I think this is an imposter. Who is this guy? <laughs> Again, of course, at the dawn of creation, if you study it carefully, um, when Krishna gave the chapter shloka of the, of the Bhagavatam, the four essential slokas of the Bhagavatam, he gave Brahma the blessing for Sakirasa. Hmm? It's very clear in the text. It's brought out in the commentaries of Vishwana. The prophet brings it out in his commentary also. So he gave him a blessing that you will attain your ideal. Brahma expresses the ideal. Krishna gives a blessing, you will attain your ideal at Sakirasa. Hmm? So later on, Krishna wants to give him, now it's time to show him a little bit about that. He's been initiated for a while now. <laughs> you should give him an idea of what's that like. Hmm? You think you want to be my friend? So the Brahma, whole Brahma Vimohan Leela, from that point of view, is, is to give Brahma a, a glimpse of his ideal. So he comes in and he sees who these cowards are, he sees Krishna, he doesn't understand it entirely. Though so he made offense, that's why he had to take birth as, as a Muslim. He offended the form of Krishna, but the name stayed with him. He became the Namacharja, Haridastakur, in Gorlila. That's Rupa Goswami's teaching. You may offend the name, the named, and still the name will stay with you. He's very merciful. Hmm? Hmm. So, pointing with the Brother Leelas, it's muyanti yatsurayo Bhagavatam. It's difficult for the gods to understand. Hmm? What is the blessing then of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? This becomes taught to ordinary people. Even the gods have difficulty to fathom it. Hmm? Piety gets in the way of it. The less pious you are, maybe the easier it is to understand. Hmm? But there in the Brajalila, you know, all the knowledge is there. Hmm? The end of all, the perfection of ritual, perfection of way beyond, the perfection of Varnashram, but all those things are there. If you look at it carefully, you see everything there, all these different religious stages or ideals and course, much more, playing itself out in real life. Mm. The name is there, it recedes to the background, service comes to the foreground. Mm. So, 
there, the point being it's all spirit, all heart. Hmm? All love, no rules. Hmm? The more there is love, the less there are rules. The less there is love, the more there is a need for rules. Hmm? As I've said before, the ordinary religious life is like a cage. That's what it is. Varnashram is a cage. Like you take a wild animal and you want to train it, first you've got to put it in a cage. People think Barnashram is the be-all and end-all. The moral life is the sum and substance of religious life. It's a cage, that's all it is. Where your animality is, you're separated from the forest, from the jungle, so to speak. You can't just be let out of the cage, because you're still going to act like a jungle, like a wild person, an uncontrolled person. So it controls, gives rules, all these rules. You got to do this. You can't do that. Recognize this God. Recognize that aspect of nature. That aspect of nature. Honor it. Pay obeisance to a ritual to it. And they all correspond with your senses: the sun with your eyes, the wind with your speech, and and so forth and so on. And you acknowledge your senses aren't don't belong to you, and 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 you're indebted to have them. And so you show the gratitude and so forth. Gratitude. Learn to show some gratitude. Like when kids grow up. And the parents say, can you even say thank you? Say thank you. Kids got to learn. Say, okay, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. So, you know, you have to teach somebody to say thank you. You What is Rag Bhakti in comparison to this? So, Varnashram is like that, teaching people to say thank you. Puts them in a cage. Then you can come out of the cage a little bit, you know, you can function in some way in a, in a civilized society. And, hmm. So it doesn't end there. Hmm. That's not the end. <laughs> That's the be-all and end-all. The moral life is the whole point of Krishna Leela in one sense. The moral life. Hmm. The moral law yeah, seeks to civilize us. And what is the be-all be and end-all of civilization? That you become not a taker. Hmm but a giver, hmm? a giver. So when you, you can fully interact with others in the world with no taking in mind, with no exploitation in the heart, hmm? that means a complete deconstruction of your false ego, which was caused you to see the world as, as for your enjoyment and caused you to feel as if you have a necessity to take. So as that's deconstructed, you don't have that. And it's most effectively deconstructed in the context of constructing a spiritual ego, hmm? and through the, through through um, coming under the influence of bhakti, willfully, willfully coming under the influence of bhakti, hmm? and so then it's you can be in the world and and not of it. Therefore, it said Vaishnavera kriya mudra bignena bujai. Difficult to understand the Vaishnav. What is his or her motive? Because they may, in many respects act like ordinary people. They're not living traditionally, typically, Gaudiya Vaishnavas in a cave somewhere, hmm? breathing once a month, hmm? taking as little as possible, something like that. No, they're, they're active in the world. Hmm? Um, the Gosamis were very active in the world. I mean, we do say they slept under a different tree every night, but I mean, they wrote books, they established big temples, they had to do <laughs> deal with some worldly people and so forth. Hmm? Bhakti Siddhanta did that in a way also, establishing temples, printing press, riding in vehicles, and so on and so forth. Um, but, and misunderstood for it, but 
to understand his heart, his motive, and so forth. It's difficult, but doing so, one can see how oh, here is a real, real relation of. So the moral life, and that's the low end, karma mark. There's practically no love there. You don't even know how to say thank you. So we have to give so many rules. And then the purpose of that, in one sense, is so you get the rules, you follow the rules, and they work. So you do the Vedic yagyas, and they work. And so then you get a little more faith in the Veda, and then you look a little further into it, because you've got a teachable moment now. I did this magic potion, I said the fire and the mantra, and I got a good son. Wow, it worked. It works. And so, <laughs> so you, look, you pay a little more attention. And then there's the big part, the karmakanda, you know, the, 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 the purva mimamsa, all this business about the pravrti marg, acquisition, legal acquisition. Hmm? It's like, okay, we're going to legalize marijuana, okay? doesn't mean it's good, but we're going to legalize it. Hmm? Something like that. Or we're going to legalize alcohol. Hmm? Um, so there's a, there's a legalization of taking. Taking is not good. Hmm? Taking based on ignorance. A sense of self that's needy. It's false. It's ignorance. But, okay, we're going to license something. It's like methadone. That's what I want to say. You know what methadone is? Methadone. Methadone, thank you. Hmm. You know. (laughs) 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 Sanders. Hopefully not experienced, but uh, you know what it is, right? So, so, you know, you have heroin addiction, so then they give you a a license, you can buy methadone, and then you can take that, and it's a bad thing too, but it's less than the other, and they help you overcome it as the idea in time, something like that. So, you can drink, but only beer or something, you know. So, um, this, this, this is the Varnashram, the Purbati Marg. But then it's working for you, and so forth, so you look into it, and it's this other small section called the Nirvati Marg, the Uttarmimamsa, the, the, the you know, the, uh, the, the last part, the Zupanishads. That's not talking about how to take that's talking about deconstructing the taking ego altogether. It's not talking about how to be how to be a religious human, but the fact that you're not a human. That's only something you're passing through. Whoa. So, but anyway, with a teachable moment created by the magic of ritual, and and having a successful life, man who has everything. The idea is first Dharma Jignashu, then Brahma Jignashu. And deep in the context of Brahma Jignashu comes Rasa Jignashu. Where Taitari Upanishad is discussing Ananda and Anandavali, chapter on Ananda, and it says, concludes, Rasa Vaisa, and Brahman is Rasa. What is that? And so the Goswamis have built a whole case around around that Rasa Jignasa. So there's a that's the other end of the spectrum. Hmm? And deep into Rasa Jignasa, what Mahaprabhu came to give. So Unatoja Rasam Sabhakti Sriyam. The bhakti of himself. Unatoja Ujbal Rasa means Madurasa. Unata Ujbala. Special kind of um, type of of Madurasa. Hmm? His gift 
to the world. His gift is the four bhavs, charibhav, in a general sense. This is the general sense, because ujjvala rasa requires all these things. Dasiras, sakiras, vatsaliras, vrta. Executed. And beyond that, it requires these handmaidens of Radha. Other sakis, but in particular the handmaidens of Radha, in order for the highest union to successfully take place. This is the teaching. This is way off of the map from moral life. And there we see the freedom with which they're interacting there with the Absolute, with Brahman in the form of Krishna, the freedom. It's way beyond thank you. So two ends of the religious spectrum, Sakama, the Prabhati Marg, with desire, and and then with love, which includes within it no other desire, obviously, and see the difference. Hmm. The, 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 what is the life of Varnashram? It's a very constrained life. People talk about, oh, Varnashram, we've got to do Varnashram. <laughs> can't do it. We couldn't do it 10% of what Varnashram <laughs> involves. Sanatana Goswami's Priyat Bhagavatamri, the first book of our Sampradaya, says, oh, when can I be free from all of that, the, the troubles of all of that, and enter into what, what this Bhagavatam is really about? Hmm. Such freedom to interact with the Absolute. Freedom in slavery is the idea, of course. Freedom within slavery. Divine slavery. Love. And again, at the low end, all the rules of Varnashram, so many. And so the general course, Dharma Jignasu, Brahma Jignasu, maybe, Muktanam Abhisiddhanam, Narayana Parayana, maybe, Amongst one siddha, there will be Narayana Parayana, inquiry into rasa. And amongst unlimited Narayana Parayanas, there may be one Krishna Parayana. And Mahaprabhu, Krishna himself, is coming to give that kind of life. Krishna Parayana, Radha Parayana, Pranayana, what a Parayana, what about that? To the world. You understand it properly, it's like your head was spin. What kind of benediction Mahaprabhu was is giving? Hmm? Stepping on, turning the whole religious world upside down. Upside down. I mean, even Krishna is saying, over here, pointing to her. Hmm? It's her, it's all about her, it's all about her. Hmm? So the more we understand these things, and and their heart is in the right place, then from the top level, they can do no wrong in Vrindavan. Hmm? There's an appearance of doing wrong. What's an example? Nanda Maharaj appeared to violate the Akadasi, and as a result of that, what Varuna came and kidnapped him through the attendants of Varuna, took him to the bottom of the ocean. Krishna Balaram had to go and save him. Hmm? The Leela and Bhagavatam. Hmm? He appeared to not know, but the Acharyas have shown, actually he knew, he did it right. Varuna was actually wrong. Hmm? They've shown some in some detail. According to this, it's actually he did it right. Varuna was actually wrong. He doesn't know religion. They know everything. The point being that they, all that's been fulfilled. 
observance of any kind of ritual, right? It's all all accomplished hmm? in their love hmm? for Bhagwan. Hmm? It's all complete. This is this is the whole goal. So the rules have a purpose. Hmm? They're all fulfilled in that. Vrindavan hmm? Lila, everything fulfilled. It's perfect. So, but it takes some, some philosophy to understand Brajalila, what's, what's going on there. Even people of Vaikuntha will can't understand it. And the gods and goddesses, Mahaprabhu hmm. come and giving it anyway, whether you understand it or not. Of course, then we have to follow up and try to help everyone understand. They may better take advantage of it. Hmm. And in that, because of our ideal, then, this saying, Baba Garhitanardam, that the spirit of it, hmm, put the heart in the right place, this is important. So, a, a new person will come, and all the other devotees, I think, unconsciously perhaps, now it's my turn to tell somebody what to do. All right. Hmm? Just like a herd of cows. You watch a herd of cows, <laughs> and the little cow will be pushed around, and then our human sensibility will want to go in and let the little cow get, get you know, hey, let him have some space, you know. They have their pecking order. And if the little cow, then you place him with smaller cows, he'll do the same thing. <laughs> get out of here. You bogart and, you know, and, and so forth. And we see even the animals that we want to be sensible, but ourselves, then it's just an example. In a temple, a new person comes, and unconsciously we might think, now's my chance to tell people what to do. So you're sure to tell them, don't do it like that, don't do it like that, can't do it like that, make sure you don't do it like that, stop that, can't do that. Hmm? Uh, and, and meanwhile, his heart's in the right place. <laughs> he came to join the mission, and the best he could understand it, and so forth. Hmm? Someone who understands more is like myself, for example, uh, is not that concerned that he does this, that, that. And, uh, I know, you know, I can see his heart's in the right place. He can't. He has to learn it gradually. But hmm? others are more preoccupied with with the surface of it. Think he has to do it like this, and, and so then they burden him with hmm, too many rules and regulations. He becomes frustrated, and senior devotee has to talk to him and say, "No, it's okay." And they have to tell you the rules are there, they're right, but you know. <laughs> Whatever, so this is just an example of how we gravitate towards the fringe rather than to the, to the center, to the spirit of it. And that's what we need a good teacher, to keep gravitating towards the spirit, keep pushing us towards the center of it, the idea. Hmm? You can see many examples, devotees are caught up when they think the center of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is making sure that women you know, are in their place or something like that. You know? I mean, they, are, they think like this. I mean, they, they, they need a guru. Of course, the guru is teaching him that. So, any worse? Then what do you do? Uh, or, or many, uh, many, many kind of fringe concerns and so forth that uh, are we lose. You can lose perspective on because it's our nature, conditioned nature. So we'll gravitate towards the fringe. You come in, you get a spiritual experience, and then you identify with the structure that helped to afford that experience, and then. You drift towards the, the structure and its particulars and identify that with the experience because it was in the context of that that you got the experience. Then, then you, you settle for the rules 
and and identify that entirely with the experience. You're not getting the experience anymore, and then you fight over with somebody else who doesn't follow the same rules, doesn't wear the same marks, and and uh, sings it in a different tune, and, and uh, so forth. That's just the nature of material conditioning. It happens all the time. So we need to be a little vigilant, and 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 this is, of course, called in a word, niyamagraha, to not understand the purpose behind the rules. Hmm? And that this is a um, this is uh, a problem for bhakti.